If you want to grab a seat. So welcome again, my name is Viv, and uh, together with, with Steve we have the privilege of leading this church. And today I want to talk to you about the mind, a very interesting subject, one that I'm really passionate about actually. But let's just start by praying and asking God for his help. Jesus, would you help us this morning, help me to communicate what you want to say this morning. I pray that each of us would open our hearts and our minds to what you want to say to each one of us individually. And we ask for your presence to come and fill us anew, fill us again, in Jesus' name, amen. So yeah, I want to talk to you about uh, a new way of thinking and changing your mind this morning. And I want to start by reading, I, I think you'd be surprised how much the Bible has to say about this subject. And I want to start by reading a passage in Romans, Romans 12, and uh, I don't know whether you have it on your smartphones or Bibles or whatever, but this is um, uh, one version. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Pretty powerful, hey? I, I, possibly you might be more used to the translation where it talks about renewing your mind, but this translation, it actually says changing the way that you think, which is quite a big invitation. And I, I, I have a hunch that actually God is more interested in helping you change the way you think than in actually changing your circumstances. Now, a bit controversial, but I think that you know, we all want him to take away our problems, our pain, our suffering, our sadness. But actually, I think he's more in, interested in changing the way that you think about all those things rather than actually changing those circumstances. Now, he does. He totally wants to change those circumstances. And he loves doing that. But I think often lasting change only actually comes when we start believing things differently or we think differently to our circumstances. So I think this is a, it's just a huge thing that God actually wants to help you transform the way that you think about yourself, about how he sees you, about how you, how you think God sees you, how you see other people, all of those areas. I think God wants to help you change the way that you think. So why is it important? Why is it important? I think often we look at physical health, we have all sorts of ways of improving our physical health, and, but sometimes we don't often challenge this area of mental health, and I think it's really important. Even yesterday, we were out on the streets um, praying for, for people outside uh, Sainsbury's, and we pray for anything, for anybody, pray for anyone, for anything. But yesterday, in particular, everybody seemed to have issues to do with the mind. It was schizophrenia, it was bipolar, it was depression, it was fear. There was very few people that actually had physical conditions. It was all kind of mental issues that were, that were going on, which was, which was interesting when today's talk is, is all about the mind. But I, I, I'm really uh, passionate about this area that God wants to help you transform your life. So let me give you three reasons as to why I think it's important. 
The first one is that your thoughts control your life. My thoughts control my life. Your thoughts control your life. And there's um, every single action that we do, it begins with a thought. And if you don't think about it, first of all, then you don't do it. So thoughts control your life, and that's good and bad. Good thoughts lead to good behaviour, bad thoughts lead to bad behaviour. Um, Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, Above all, above all, be careful what you think, because your thoughts control your life. And often I don't think many of us realise how important our thoughts are. And the Bible says that the power of our thoughts has tremendous ability to shape your life for good or for bad. So, you know, if you, were, if you grew up and you had people say to you, you're worthless, or you're ugly, or you're uncoordinated, or you're thick, or whatever it is, those things stick, don't they? They become thought patterns, and they shape. They shape the way that you view life, they shape the way that you see yourself, they shape, they shape your life. And... I think lots of, all of us, we're kind of taught things as kids or we've kind of picked up things as kids that we're still living on now and sort of treating it as gospel truth when in fact it was false information. But we still replay those things over in our heads. I know um, when I was younger, I'm the youngest of three girls and we all were all good friends, but we used to tease each other like siblings tend to, tend to do. And uh, we had kind of names for each other that um, it, was all in, it was all in jest, it was all part of a joke but um, my older sister we, we, um, we called her pointed because we, well we said that she had a pointed nose and pointed chin, really quite mean um, my middle sister we used to call hairy and um, they used to call me fat those were, the, those were our kind of nicknames and they really stuck and I'd probably say, for me, um, being teased about being fat, and to be honest, as a child, there was an element of truth in it. Um, and often there is, isn't there, with these things. There's often an element of truth where they, that kind of gets you hooked. But that stuck with me, and probably this has been one of the biggest things I've had to battle with in my life, kind of against that, against that kind of thought. And it's probably affected, it's affected the way I view food, it's affected the way that I think about my own body, it's affected, affects lots of things. And it's a battle that we have to, to face, those, those labels and those things that we get told as children and as adults. So that's, that's number one, the reason uh, that our thought life can control our life. Second reason why it's really important is that I believe that the mind is the battleground for sin. So it's where you win or lose the battle. So I think all temptation, it starts in the mind. I think sometimes we think, oh, temptation is out there, or oh, I'm really tempted by that. But unless there's a correlating thought or a correlating desire within you, you, you won't be tempted. So it all, it all starts in the mind. You think about... Um, pride, or lust, or envy, or worry, or greed, or resentment, anything like that, all of those things, where do they all begin? They all begin as a thought in the mind. And so if you can learn how to manage your thought life, 
I believe you can start to manage your life, which is huge. It's where the battleground is, and it is a battle. And I think the reason the battle is so intense is because your brain, your mind, is your biggest asset. And Satan wants, wants to control your mind. The world wants to control your mind. And there's a battle for the way that you think. And I, I think that's because whatever gets your attention gets you. Whatever gets your attention gets you. So I need to control my mind because my thoughts control my life and because it's the battleground for sin. And the third reason I think it's so important is that I really think that it's the key to, to peace. If you can learn how to control your mind and put into practice some of the pointers I'm going to give you, I think your peace of mind will go up dramatically. So if you think about an unmanaged mind, I think there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of conflict, a lot of chaos, um, there's pressure, there's stress, all these things going on in your, he in your head. Whereas a, a, a managed mind, a kind of... Um, uh, tamed mind almost I think you'll, you'll get confidence you'll get strength there'll be peace and the, and the Bible puts it like this in Romans 8 verse 6 it says so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death quite strong but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace I think I think I prefer life and peace than death personally so you can see that this is really important. I think a lot of people don't uh, realise that you can control your thoughts. You kind of think, oh, my mind's uncontrollable. I don't, I don't know what I think about. But you're the only one that can control your mind. God can't control your mind. Satan can't control your mind. If you're having uh, discouraged thoughts or lonely thoughts or filthy thoughts... And you might say to God, God, help me, help me control my mind. He's like, well, you do it, you do it, you can do it. You can literally change your mind and change some of the thoughts that you're having. No one's holding a gun to your head saying, think those thoughts, think those thoughts. They're not doing that. You, we have the power to start changing the way we think. And it's almost like, you know, you go, go, grab a remote control and you have to start learning how to click the channel. Click the channel so that you're starting changing the pattern of your thoughts. So there's two, there's two ways that I think um, we can start changing our minds. And this is, this is by no means exhaustive. This isn't the, um, the only thing that you can do. But there's two keys. One is to feed your mind and one is to free your mind. So we're going to look at these two things and what the Bible has to say about it. So, first of all, with feed, I must feed my mind with truth. This is really important. The Bible, I actually have a physical copy of the Bible, which is a bit, a bit sad, isn't it? But the Bible has so many truths and so many promises in it, it's like it's soul food. Um, and it actually changes our mind. We, you know, we're, we're good at, at nutrition, aren't we? Knowing kind of what to put in our bodies. We know that good food kind of gives us energy, and it gives us strength, it gives us healthy bodies, it helps us live longer. And if we were to eat junk food all the time, we'd get sick, get fat, we'd get spotty, I don't know, whatever. All those things that junk food gives you. And it's the same with the mind. If we put truth in then we start to get 
positive results out of it. If we feed our mind with junk the whole time, it's no wonder what we, what we get out of that. There's, a, there's over um, 7,000 promises in the Bible. 7,000 promises. So if you want to have a renewed mind, I would suggest that we become promise people. So if you've got um, a hopeless situation in your life, if there's problems with your finances or relationships or jobs or home life or whatever it is, there is countless promises in the Bible for every single one of those situations. And if you look into it and, and, and memorise them, meditate on them, it will start to change your mind. It will start to change your perspective. David in, in Psalms, he was amazing at this. Psalms is all about this, particularly Psalm 119. It's, it's, it's an incredibly long psalm, but he's, uh, he's always talking about the word. And he says, he says this, he says, I love your word. I think about it all day long. Incredible. And, he, and then again he says, even in the darkest night, your teachings fill my mind. And I want to give you an example of, of, of how David did this. David was always filling his mind with truth. He, he spent a large part of his life running for his life. So the king wanted to kill him. So he was a fugitive, he was on the run, he was living in caves. He didn't quite know where, where his next um, meal was coming from or whether he was going to get killed that day or whether Saul was going to um, find him. And I doubt whether many people have had people trying to kill them here. And I, I haven't. <laughs> but he, and I would imagine if I'm in that situation where somebody's trying to kill me, I would love to say that I would feed my mind on God's word. But probably the truth of it is I'd be panicking about where my next meal was coming from, where I was going to sleep that night, buying some bigger bolts for my doors, ringing the police. I'd probably be doing all of, all of these things instead of filling my mind with God's truth. And it, it, David just says, I don't, I don't care about what's going on in my life people trying to kill me. He said, I just do one thing. I do one thing. I keep my mind on the promises of God and on the truth. That's a real challenge, isn't it, for us? Keeping our mind just on the one thing. And then the second thing we need to do is to free our minds. And, uh, okay, what, what you want to do is um, grab your arms and fold them. Some of you already are. Fold, fold your arms. Okay, what I want you to do now is to fold them the other way. I really can't do this. <laughs> how, how does that feel? A bit strange? A bit uncomfortable? What do you, what do you want to do immediately? Go back the other way? <laughs> immediately, don't you? And I think, um, I think this often happens with breaking patterns and, and coming into new habits is that it feels, can't, I can't it. <laughs> it feels uncomfortable, doesn't it? It feels unusual and uncomfortable. And we kind of want to go back to our old way, old way of thinking, old way of reacting to things. I think the psychology is it takes 30 days to make a new habit. About 30 days if you do it continuously. About 30 days to make a new habit. And so 
what I want to challenge us all on really is to start making new habits that even if they start if they, they start by feeling uncomfortable, the more you do them, the more they start to feel natural. I think that the the average person it's estimated that you have between fifty thousand and sixty thousand thoughts a day. Apparently. Don't know how they don't know quite how they managed to come up with that figure. Um, and every thought you have, it's either moving you towards who God wants you to be or away from that. Every thought you have, it kind of has a positive or a negative effect. And the, the subconscious mind, it's fertile soil, isn't it? And it will germinate and, and, and accommodate any seed that's planted. And that's positive or negative. There's, a, there's an old saying, I think, where um, it's, it's like rubbish in, rubbish out. If you put rubbish in, you get rubbish out. If you put good things in, you get good things out. It's kind of a law of nature, I guess. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. It's, it's like it's an impossibility. My, um, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm the youngest of three girls, and I, I touched on this a little bit in one of the stories I told last year, but my, um, my dad used to compare me a lot to my sisters. Why can't you be more like them? They're better at music. They don't talk back as much as you do. Uh, they're so well behaved. And I think as a result, I ended up kind of having this belief, this kind of thought that uh, I wasn't quite as good as other people. Or I kind of always used to compare myself to other people. And again, that's one of the things I think I've had to battle with, that... Um, this whole thing of comparison is huge. And I think it's... I was, I was just praying last night, and, 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 and even last night I was kind of thinking, oh, I'm not as good as so-and-so, or I'm not as good as so-and-so, or whatever. And I was like, why? Ah, I'm still battling with that thought. And I went to God with it. I was just like, what do you see? And he said to me, you're unique, and you're, that you're no better or no worse than anybody else. I haven't created you like Steve, I haven't created you like Abby or, you know, whoever it is. I've created you like you. And um, I felt him say there's, there's no, if, if you're comparing yourself, there's no, all, all there is is you're either superior or you're inferior. And neither of those are a right position. And so the, the challenge is with all these things, like that's, I mean, that's just one of the things I felt for people here. There might be people here that are battling with that kind of comparison thing here today. Like you're, it stops you from kind of pushing yourself forward for things or for believing good things about yourself because you're always like, yeah, but they can do it better than I can. Or, yeah, but they're better at whatever. Fill in the blanks for yourself. So... That's one of the areas of our minds, I think, that, that often gets challenged. I want us to do a little exercise where we all close our eyes. And I'm going to say some phrases that, just to you. And I what I want you to do is notice the thoughts that you're bombarded with immediately after I've said this sentence. So I'm going to say a few. And I'm saying it just to you. You are intelligent. You have a good future. God really loves you.
You have the mind of Christ. You're God's precious son or daughter. He made you exactly the way he wanted to make you. He didn't make a mistake when he made you. Your worth to God is the same worth as the person sitting next to you. I'm not going to ask the volunteers, but I would imagine if any of you were brave enough to tell me what was going on there, I'm sure there were some positive things, but were there a lot of negative things going on, kind of immediately bombarded you when I said some of those things? And I would imagine that some of those thoughts that immediately bombarded you are thoughts that you've been having for years, all your life possibly even. Those immediate thoughts that kind of come into your head. And what we need to do is start training our minds. It takes training. It doesn't, like this, it doesn't come easily, it doesn't come naturally to train ourselves out of habits. It takes effort and it takes work. Um, 2 Corinthians 10 it says, uh, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is, this is quite strong language, isn't it? It's quite warfare-like. It's, it's a fight. And he's talking about this mental battle that goes on in our minds. What is a stronghold? I, I think a stronghold is a lie or it's an attitude that we have. And so, so the lie might be, God doesn't love me. That, that's a lie. Or the lie might be, I think I know better than God what will make me happy. That's a lie. Anything that I believe that's a lie is a stronghold in my life. Or it could be an attitude like, I'm never going to forgive that person. That's a, that's a stronghold. Or I could never forgive myself. Or nothing good is ever going to come going to happen to me. Those are strongholds. And Paul says, if you want to be, learn to be mentally healthy, 
you've got to learn how to demolish the strongholds in your life and to take captive every thought. He didn't say, don't think. And he didn't just say, like, just take captive a few thoughts. He said, take captive every thought that comes into your mind. And it's almost like every time you kind of think of something, like, just grab it, look at it, and work out what it is. Is that a positive thing? Is that going to help you in your walk with God? Is that going to help you in your life? Is it destructive? Is it selfish? Like, analyse it. And I think probably out of anything today, it's like, um, if, if you can start to think about, if you can start to think about what you're thinking about, that's half the battle. I think so many of us, we're used to not examining what we think about. It's just things just go on, don't they? They just kind of take over and you're in your job and you're going to work every day and you just, your mind just keeps on going and you don't tend to analyse those thoughts. And I'm not suggesting we suddenly get really introspective and uh, navel-gazing, but I'm just suggesting just stop yourself and just start thinking about what you're thinking about. The good news is that we have the transforming power of God. So back in uh, the beginning, uh, Romans 12, it talks about God wants to transform your life so that he can change your thinking. So we're not on our own in this, which is really good. Otherwise we'd all be in trouble, I think. But what we need to do is we need to confess some of those thoughts and we need to confess some of those lies in order to break those strongholds. That's how we, that's how we take that, that, those strongholds and demolish them, like Paul talks about. I think um, I don't think we do enough confession some, sometimes. I'm, I'm all for a bit of confession because I think it really breaks stuff. So even last night when I was um, had this comparison thing, I was like, God, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that I compare myself to other people, and it breaks something. And then you have to replace it with truth. It's not enough just to kind of root out what our wrong thinking is. We've got to replace it with something. And so, um, I, I, I don't know how long ago it was, I started a two-way journal where I jot down some of my thoughts and then I ask God what he thinks. I really recommend you guys doing this. It's really powerful. But even right at the beginning, I was, I, I was plagued with one thought. It's like, God won't speak to me, I'm making this up, it's all my imagination. He speaks to other people, he doesn't speak to me. Do you know sound familiar? Um, but he really does. He really does. And even that is the wrong thinking that we need to change and confess and then just start doing. Because he longs to speak to us. We're his children and he longs to speak to us. So I would challenge you to, to write out um, some of those lies that you catch yourself thinking. Like I'm a failure or I don't measure up or God doesn't love me. Like write them out. Say sorry for them. And then ask God, what does he say? What do you say about this? What are you saying to me? And I guarantee he will speak to you. And you will start to change the way you think. And like we said, it, it, it controls your life. It shapes your life if, if, you can start, if you can start changing the way that you think. And it will give you peace. Who wants more peace? We all want more peace, don't we? And we won't sin as much, basically, because we're starting to nip it in the bud. So these are really powerful things to do. 
And if you only do one thing, just start thinking about what you're thinking about. That's where we start. So I want to, I want to pray for us this morning. Um, maybe even um, put your hand on your head, maybe. Because this is where it all is, isn't it? It's all in our brains. And um, Jesus, I ask that you would help us. Help us to think about what we're thinking about. Help bring freedom to, to our minds and some of the things that go on in our minds. And we're sorry for some of the things that we believe about ourselves and the thoughts that we have about other people and the thoughts that we have about ourselves. And would you, would you come this morning and would you break some of those lies that we have going on? Would you break some of those thought patterns? Help us to start making new patterns of behaviour and new patterns of thinking. And each, you know, each one of us individually, just invite Jesus to come and transform your mind. Jesus, would you come and transform my mind this morning? And I just release uh, your spirit to, to come and powerfully uh, almost alter some, I almost feel like there's, there's, there's shifts that need to happen in people's brains this morning. Those dark clouds that have been over you in your thinking or in your, uh, yeah, just the way that you think about yourself. And we break we just want to break those in Jesus' name this morning and release your power to transform our minds. We believe that you want to give us peace this morning and we just do declare peace upon our minds this morning. We release your peace on our minds. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you that we're not on our own. It's not up to us to, to do all this on our own. Thank you that you want to change us more than we do. Thank you.